0: Welcome to the Mystic
1: Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. I'm Chris.
0: I'm
3: Kim. And I'm Lisa.
1: We'd like to start out by letting you know about some upcoming goodies, and we are excited to share these with you. First of all, we have a very interesting free class coming up. And it will be coming up, as do most of our free classes, on the last Thursday of the month. So it will be Thursday, May 30th, at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And this class is called, Asking Questions That Get Answers. Now, we're doing a class like this because so often, both with assistive technology and with life in general, sometimes we're going through a problem or a situation that we need to be resolved And we want to reach out to someone who we think can assist us with a resolution, but we really are very frustrated and very confused and very overwhelmed, so we might not be asking, quote, the right type of question, quote, that will get us an answer that will assist us. So, what this class helps us to do is to clarify what are good questions to ask when you're running into a problem with your, for instance, your assistive technology, or what kind of questions can you ask that will help you to learn more and boost your confidence as you're learning to use a new piece of equipment we're kind of looking forward to teaching this one because it's a little different and it's not related specifically to one piece of assistive technology so we think a lot of you will be able to benefit from it we're really looking forward to sharing this content with you
3: i kind of came up with this idea because i saw some commentary on Twitter, and then I had a conversation with someone. Somebody asked questions on Twitter, and then they got kind of bent out of shape a little bit that their questions weren't answered. And I could tell why they weren't answered, because they weren't very clear. You didn't even know whether they were talking about a phone or a PC or a tablet or whatever. And then someone said to me one time recently, You know, it seems like when this person asks his or her questions on social media or on a list that people are in a hurry to answer. And I ask questions that are about similar things and no one answers me. From where I sat, to me, it was not a situation of person A is more popular than person B. It was just a situation of person B's questions were not very clear. And so we hope to really kind of demystify that process. I mean, it would seem like it shouldn't need to be demystified because, well, everybody asks questions, but there are ways to ask them effectively. We're also going to deal with a situation that I found myself in where you're really new to something and you're really overwhelmed because you're frustrated and you don't even know what you don't know. I love to search for things, but I've had a few times in my life where I didn't even know what to search for, how to start learning. And we'll talk about situations like that as well. So as Kim said, this is a little different than our standard, but we hope that you will join us and that you will enjoy it.
1: If you want to make sure that you get all the information related to joining this free class, you need to be part of our events mailing list. So if you know you're on that list, no worries, you will receive the information prior to class. If you are not, you can join the events mailing list from any page of the mysticaccess.com website. You will find a heading and you can check the corresponding checkbox for the mailing list you wish to join. For this one you will need events. And we will send you the event. We have a free event every month.
2: speaking of events, the past event that we had was on dating in the digital age, and that was a direct event because one of the three of us put out a book on that topic, and you can purchase that book from National Braille Press. It is called Dating in the digital age and I'm going to let the author explain what it's about.
1: Well, I'm very proud of how this actually turned out. For one thing, I was not really expecting to write this book. (laughs) If you were going to ask me, well, Kim, what's your first book that you've ever written about? This would not have been what I initially thought I would talk about (laughs) at all. I've always been someone who has been interested and passionate about writing and have always wanted the opportunity to write a book, but this was kind of an interesting experience on many levels because this was not what I was expecting to do. However when this came about it became a very exciting project. So basically what this book shares with you I hope and conveys to you as the reader is how to effectively and safely and enjoyably Begin co-creating relationships particularly relationships that begin online and this doesn't even necessarily have to be a romantic relationship or a relationship that You expect to become romantic or hope to become romantic rather than platonic this is about being safe and being clear on what you want to experience in your relationships it's about defining who and what you are looking for it is about from the very physical standpoint creating online profiles it's about what you need to create a successful profile but on a deeper level this is about how to be physically and emotionally safe while also really learning as much about yourself as other people as you are experiencing and creating relationships online or searching for relationships online. I think and I hope that this book could really be universal for anyone who is embarking upon a new relationship, whether it be online or off. I think there is media enough material in here to assist you in that process. That is my hope. On one practical level, There are three dating websites that are discussed in detail as part of the book. And as much as that part of it I think is great for people who are beginning this journey, it's the rest of it that is my proudest achievement in writing this because I feel like it just gives a lot of very helpful info on your physical and emotional safety, enjoyment, and readiness to take this journey.
3: I read this book and enjoyed it very much. I am currently not actively looking. However, if I were, I would not want to do it without the aid of this book on several levels. As Kim mentioned, just having an idea of what to expect from at least the three websites that she covers would really help. Because to me, it sounds like they were kind of a mess. And if computers and technology aren't your thing, I could see someone getting into this and losing interest because of the complexity but you basically have someone essentially guiding you and saying you know watch out this is rocky here and here's a step it's kind of like that she really just helps you navigate through it and i really do very much like the two-pronged approach the fact that you are not only filling out this information and meeting other people online, but you are also working on yourself. You're figuring out how you want to present yourself. And it kind of goes into a little bit of how you see yourself. It's really kind of a, it felt to me like a multi-sensory kind of experience. And I would definitely recommend the book, whether you are looking to begin any kind of relationship but also especially if you are considering the world of online dating.
1: Well, thank you. I really like that you mentioned the multisensory approach because I think that's important. And I think there are a lot of facets to this journey. And if what I offer can assist people in one or multiple pieces of that, then I think I'm doing my job fairly well in having written things fairly clearly. You know, that's important. I want you to be safe, I want you to have fun, and I want you not to be too overwhelmed. So hopefully this breaks it down enough to make that a reality.
3: Yeah, that all comes through beautifully. It's factual, it's not judgmental in any way, I don't feel. It is fun and relaxed, without being goofy and unprofessional. It's just a very, very balanced read. I was impressed. I When I read it, I thought, wow, I know this person. This is really impressive. This is cool. So definitely check it out.
1: Yeah, and for those wondering, I do share a couple of my own interesting experiences along the journey of online dating so if you find that interesting you might get a couple laughs at my expense which will be kind of fun for you too because i hope at least the one story that i share is rather comical so you I wanted to punch this- him yeah i kind of wanted to punch him too at the time for sure <laughs> now i kind of laugh at it because it's like oh wow can't believe that happened yeah. uh i had a friend involved though who i was sending his emails back and forth to and she definitely wanted to punch it so it was it was quite funny You know, looking back on some of the things that you experience, and I didn't want to make it too anecdotal in terms of my own stories, because it's about your story and creating your story in the way that works best for you. But I did think it was fun to share a couple of tidbits along the journey. So you can purchase this. You can't get it from us because remember you can only get it from National Braille Press. So you can go to nvp.org and purchase it there. You can probably find it in the Hot Off the Press section still at this stage in the game. It's $18 and you can purchase it in multiple formats, including hard copy Braille. So you can definitely check out the formats that are available there and Definitely encourage you, not only if you want to buy a book, because I wrote it, which would be cool. You know, if if you want to do that, that's great. But more importantly, to support the great organization that is MVP. So we hope you will consider checking it out. If you or someone you know and love is interested in something like this, it's something to check out. We will put a direct link to it in the show notes, and you can check it out there.
2: We've been receiving phone calls. We have a service and have had this service for quite a while. It's it's called Podcast by Phone. And what it allows you to do is it allows you to call a number and listen to the last five episodes. We received a call the other day where the, the customer was trying to utilize the service and all they heard was music. So they weren't hearing the podcast. So I called the number and sure enough, same thing. So I reached out to the company that is providing us this service and have not heard back from them. So we're going to take a wait and see approach to see if the podcast by phone service does come back. I saw a little blurb on the website that said that they were in a transition stage. So we're just kind of hoping that it is in a transition stage and we hope that it comes back rather quickly. If it does not unfortunately there is no service that it would be available to replace that so we would have to nix the uh, podcast by phone or calling in to listen to the last five episodes
3: another thing you can still check out is our ios modules we will have gone through the majority of them by the time this podcast comes out or at least half of them i'm a little date challenged sometimes but We wanted to mention these one more time. We know we've mentioned them a lot, and some of you are probably saying, Oh, those modules again. But we want to bring them back up for you one more time. This set of six, more than any other, covers some advanced topics. And we've been getting more calls and more emails saying, I just want to purchase this one or that one. I don't need these other ones. And we just want to remind you that the individual modules can only be purchased while they are live, while they're taking place. So what we have traditionally done is when the last module in the six ends, then you can't purchase them anymore as individuals. You need to buy them as a group. However, because of the specialized nature of these and the fact that more of you seem to want them as individual modules, we're going to extend the deadline and we're going to allow you to purchase these only, this last set, as individual modules through June 30th. So, July 1st and onward, you'll have the opportunity to purchase them in a bundle, but until then, if you only want 2 or 3 in the set, you can purchase them. And you can do that by either visiting our website or giving us a call. And just so you know,
1: June 30th is a Sunday. So you've got until the end of day on Sunday the 30th to make your individual purchases of these materials. And one other thing to remember is even if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, the first module is one I really want, and it's already happened live, don't worry, you can still get it. So any of these six, you can get up until June 30th. We will make them available to you. To be able to daisy all of these modules individually and offer them individually is such a time-intensive experience. And frankly, in a lot of ways, some of these modules really build on one another sequentially. So in order to what we feel offer you the best experience, a lot of these do need to be listened to, particularly the first set and possibly some of the second set as well in some sort of sequential order. So that's why we don't really offer them piecemeal after they have been taught live. So this is just an extra opportunity to allow you to get some of these last more specialized advanced modules. We have one other general announcement to let you guys know about, and that is Memorial Day, which is coming up very soon, (laughs) and just to let you guys know, we will not be around answering phones and emails on that Memorial Day Monday, so we will be closed that day, so if you call us, you will not receive a call back on that date. We will be back for business as usual for the rest of Memorial Day week. So that's just something to keep in mind. Of course if you want to place your orders online and you order downloadable digital items, you will receive those immediately after having placed your order. But we will not be around taking orders on Memorial Day.
2: Speaking of ordering things, Lisa has created an insert that we will be inserting here, it is on a wireless charger and the wireless charger is a device that as long as your phone or tablet supports that standard, you can just place your phone or tablet on the device without connecting any wires and it will charge it.
3: I want to talk to you now about a wireless charger for your smartphone or possibly your tablet. It is made by Alpatronics, and that is spelled A-L-P-A-T-R-O-N-I-X. We will have a link to this in the show notes. I was told about this brand and was told it was fairly reliable. Why did I get it? Well, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not completely sure. People were really hyping wireless charging and saying how wonderful it was. And I felt like I was missing something. After all, you still have to set it somewhere, and that something has to be plugged in with, well, a wire. (laughs) So I got it partly out of curiosity because I thought I must be missing something. Newsflash, I wasn't. It does have to be plugged in with a wire, but I thought I would tell you about it anyway in case this was something that is of interest to you. I really do like it for a few reasons. One is I'm not removing and inserting a cable all the time, and so I imagine that this will last a bit longer than will my average lightning cable. If you have hand tremors or any kind of manual dexterity issues, a wireless charger might be a very helpful thing for you because all you have to do is set your device in or on the charger. So let's answer a whole bunch of different questions. First of all, what can this charge? And what can't it charge? If you have an iPhone, and your iPhone supports wireless charging, I believe this is the iPhone 8 and up, then this will work. You can also charge the newer iPads this way with wireless charging. However, I would be a little hesitant to do this. This is kind of a small charger, and you can just lay your device down flat on it. But to me, the larger iPad could very easily get knocked off of the charger, as could the iPad mini. You can also stand up part of the charger, so essentially you have kind of a phone stand. And if you were really careful, this could conceivably work with the iPad mini. I personally wouldn't do it. I feel like it would end up getting knocked over. The only way I would do it is if I had my charger close enough to the wall so that the top edge of the iPad could rest against the wall. I think the plus-sized iPhones and similarly sized tablets or phones from other manufacturers would work, but again, a little bit of care. I have an iPhone 10, and I use it with this charger and I find it works quite well. I don't feel like I have to worry about it being balanced just so. I don't feel like I have to worry about it falling off. The specs on Amazon list all the devices that this charger will charge. One thing that they do not say it will charge, and it does not seem to, is the Apple Watch. I was curious, and I tried it, and it doesn't. You can get wireless chargers that will charge your watch as well as your phone and they're made by various manufacturers. The first time I saw a wireless charger I was at my sister's home and my niece had what looked like this round puck sitting on a desk and that was the wireless charger and you could just lay your phone or your watch on top of it and it would charge. When I priced that online, that was about $80 or $90, if memory serves. And I knew I wasn't $80 or $90 curious. I paid about $30 for this, and I figured I was $30 curious. So let me tell you a little bit about this. You get three things in the box. You get the block that plugs into the wall with a USB port on it. Then you get the infamous USB to micro USB cable. And the USB end plugs into the block that plugs into the wall in that knee bone's connected to the thigh bone sort of way. The micro end is plugged into the actual charger. And the charger is basically two pieces of plastic. When it's laid flat, said from someone who does not always super accurately depict measurements, I would say it's about 3 by 5 maybe three by six so it's flat and you can leave it flat and you can lay the phone on it you would put the phone on it so that the screen was facing up and my phone makes a little sound to let me know that it's charging as I said these are two pieces of plastic and they're pretty much laid one on top of another however you lift up the top piece and it is hinged And there's a little plastic kind of strip that you lift up. And there are grooves in the back of the piece that raises up. So you have basically a stand. So it will stand your phone up. And it looks like there are four positions that you can use. Now you can't really tell a huge difference. Your phone would either be standing pretty much straight up or it would be angled a little bit. I think even more than the wireless capabilities I enjoy having a stand for my phone. I find I'm using iRA a little more, and I'm also using FaceTime a little more. And so, even if I'm not charging the phone, I can turn the screen toward that piece of plastic, and then I have the rear-facing camera facing me if I need it for FaceTime or whatever. So, this has ended up being a really useful thing, and as I said, even if I save a little bit on lightning cables from not having to unplug and plug them in all the time, it may be well worth it. Again, if you'd like to check this out, there is a link in the show notes where you can read more information and order for yourself. As always, thanks for listening.
2: So now that Lisa has told us all about this wireless charger, one thing that we wanted to talk about is how do you unpack something? So you get this nice box. Let's go back to our previous podcast where you have the shark vacuum that all three of us purchased how do you open the box properly and how do you check out what is inside the box very carefully
3: and some of you are probably rolling your eyes right now saying seriously they're talking about how to unpack a box
2: but yes we often are
3: there's more to it than meets yes we are let's do it
2: <laughs> so sometimes what happens i know that when kim got her box she opened her box upside down
1: i did my little brushes were sticking up from my vacuum. And I was like, hey, this is weird looking. Oh, I see why.
2: (laughs) And that's not a big deal. I mean, Uh how you open the box isn't really a big deal because we've all done it. You know, the the vacuum is upside down or instead of right side up. And when you're unpacking it, what you really want to make sure is, did you get all the right components?
3: I almost didn't.
2: You almost didn't.
3: And it's really hard because you can have great big pieces like the actual shark vacuums, and then you can have little pieces that you could fit a dozen of them or half a dozen of them at least in your hand. So it's really important that you get everything out of the box. Sometimes it will look like you've gotten it all, and then there's this little piece of cardboard that's folded, and oh look, there's more in here. And I had an incident the other night. Actually, I had to get a new keyboard, and I got a wireless keyboard, and this was a brand I had gotten before, so I knew what to expect. I knew there was gonna be a tiny little dongle in it, and I never did actually find the dongle in the box. As careful as I was trying to be, I was unpacking the keyboard, and several feet away, I heard ping, and that was the sound of the dongle flying off for parts unknown. So it really does help to know what you have in the box. And to me, anyway, this is a little bit common sense. So for example, if you're ordering a wireless keyboard, you need to know that you're going to have some way to connect it. So a dongle is a good bet. If you're ordering a wireless charger, you're going to have the actual unit and probably something to plug it in. But there may be times where you don't know. Like our sweepers came with these little side brushes that had to be attached. And the best way to find out about that kind of stuff is to look at your order. Now, in a perfect world, and when I do this, I'm probably a little more proud of myself than I should be. But when I order something, I will make notes on it. So I'll look up and make note of the information that says what's in the box, or I'll download the user guide. And so that kind of gives me an idea of what to look for.
1: Yes, you can also reference the product page that you ordered from if you ordered online, and that should give you all the information that you need. So a bookmark to an online page may suffice as well as note taking. It just kind of depends on your own personal style, what you want to do. Sometimes you can refer to the page directly from your order receipt as well. It'll give you a link back directly to the page from which you ordered that particular product. So you can see its information directly online. So there are a few things you don't want to do when you're unpacking boxes. You don't want to just immediately begin throwing boxes away because you might inadvertently have little parts and pieces of product. Cables are notorious for this. They'll hide it in little compartments in the box, perhaps underneath where your product itself is sitting. <laughs> that yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Right, sometimes
2: you'll find a hole yes. that you can put your finger in and lift up, and there are your cables. Sometimes documentation, print documentation, is even in that little area there, so you might see... The, the device and you're so happy that you got the device and you pull it out and you're playing with it that you forget to get the cables out or forget to get something else out that might be in that little crevice or cubby hole or whatever within that box so sometimes exploring the box is also a good idea and pull that thing out and make sure you're getting cables because it might be a proprietary cable although you don't really see those that much these days of having a proprietary thing to charge your said device but it could happen
1: it could happen and the other thing is sometimes like with our little side brushes for the sharks they're small they're little beady and they weren't all packaged together they were packaged brush brush it took me forever to find my second one i was like where is it and there's so much packing material in the box that it can become a bit overwhelming to sort through everything. So you do need to be methodical in your searches of boxes as well to make sure that everything is where you need it to be. So I tend to make little piles of things as I am taking them out of boxes just to make sure that all my ducks are in a row and all my items are present and accounted
2: for. I know somebody who used to, probably still does, when they opened up a package or a box, they would put it on their bed so that they knew that anything that was on their bed was part of that package at the time. You can do that with a table or anything like that.
3: Or you can have two surfaces, especially if you have something with a lot of packaging. Sometimes what I will do is I'll unpack things on my bed and then I will set the components on a desk or table or something. And that way they're separated from the packaging and I can very kind of systematically methodically go through because I I have missed stuff and I've had near misses I've had times where I threw out a box and then I had to go get it back because I realized oh I missed this because it's not necessarily all together in one place
2: Kim and I have a set of headphones that we both have and these are Bluetooth headphones and they're also you can connect them via a wire so I thought okay well I can just use my nice six-foot cable that I have been using with other pairs of headphones and just use that wire and not worry about the cheapy wire that comes with the headphones that we both have so probably about four or five months later I said to Kim, I says, can you plug in a regular wire? And she said, oh, I think I can, blah, blah, blah. But to make a long story short, it's a smaller jack. It's not a three and a half millimeter jack. It's a proprietary jack. And um, because I no longer had the box, probably threw out the wire, because I probably threw out the box, I no longer had that wire. So I had to go scouting online to find a replacement wire so that I can use these nice headphones with a wire so that's just a story to keep in mind that it does happen you do discard boxes you do throw them away
1: it does happen and one of the reasons we're talking about this topic now is it's kind of pertinent for those of you particularly who are going to conventions perhaps and you're going to be bringing stuff home (laughs) so or even unpacking your own stuff when you get there so it's kind of important even in your own packing to make sure that you put things where you know you're going to be able to find them. There's nothing worse than being somewhere and looking for something that is absolutely necessary to your stay and realizing, did I forget it or did I just pack it in some stupid place (laughs) that I have no idea where it actually is? So you kind of have to be methodical because otherwise you could lose something or misplace something for a long period of time and have no idea where it is and be in a world of hurt later. So when you are... Bringing home your goodies from conventions, for instance, or having them shipped back to you, you will want to make sure that your investigations of boxes, bags, and envelopes are thorough in order to make sure that you get everything that you paid for.
3: And, you know, there's also a difference between unpacking a single item and unpacking a box with maybe a few things. Maybe you've ordered from a company and you ordered several little things To me, this is more obvious, but you also just want to make sure that everything you ordered is what you get. Because some of those boxes are so full of packing peanuts or packing paper or whatever that it can be really easy to overlook stuff.
2: And sometimes the shippers actually overlook stuff. I received a package from somebody that i purchased one of and i literally got two of which was not nice because then i had to contact them and say okay let's resolve this issue but it does happen so or you want to make sure you
1: receive half a product right you're supposed to receive one that's unfortunate And
3: sometimes sometimes it's a mistake sometimes you can have someone look at your packing slip and it will say uh, shipment one of two but often you'll also see that reflected in an email
1: Absolutely. If you get two shipments, there's one place that I order from regularly. And one time, which was very unusual, it did say box one of two. (laughs) And I was like, oh, so I knew to expect two boxes. And interestingly enough, they came on the same day. But by then, I knew what was in them. So you do need to be diligent about reading your information and knowing what you are supposed to be getting in case there are discrepancies once it shows up. The other thing, we were talking about packing materials. You may, depending on what's in them, if you've got something fragile, obviously you don't want to do this. But if you know you're missing something, you may just want to take them out and give them a little shake and see if what you're missing will appear. Because as we were saying, packing materials can become very, very overwhelming depending on what's in your box. I got a new computer the other day because my computer went poof very spectacularly and suddenly. And so I was without a computer for a week and a half. That wasn't fun. And when I received it, the packing materials were huge. So I was very grateful that I was not receiving anything other than the computer and its cables. Because I had probably, I don't know, five yards or so of bubble wrap (laughs) that the computer was wrapped in. So I was very grateful that there was nothing small in there that I had to look for because it would have been loads of fun to find it.
3: Oh, that beats those molded pieces of foam, though. Oh, yes. I've had to return stuff, and it's like a puzzle for the criminally insane trying to fit it back in the box with those pieces of foam.
2: Yeah, good luck.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You can never get anything in a box the way it came out, ever.
3: I don't think. I don't think. There's one more thing regarding unpacking that I want to mention to you. And if you have neuropathy, or problems with manual dexterity, you might even want someone to check this for you. And this has to do with little membranes that are sometimes on things. They can be over screens. I once had a microwave that had one of these little membranes on it, and I didn't realize it. The person who helped me mark it didn't realize it. But as time went by, it started to peel and all my lovely marks went away because they weren't on the microwave. They were on the little membrane. Also sometimes those membranes cover speaker grills on audio or they cover fans that really should not be covered when the device is in use. So you want to carefully tactfully explore anything that you get to make sure that those little membranes have been removed.
2: You know, that's a very good point. When I got my Echo show and we did our unboxing and it's in our, it's at our downloads or something. It's somewhere on the website. And I remember saying this thing is supposed to sound good, but it sounds like garbage. And in the recording, I found those membranes and pulled it off, and it immediately sounded so much better. And and things like TVs and electronics are notorious for those these little membrane things that you just kind of unpeel and take off. And you want to make sure that you have that stuff off before you plug it in, because obviously, like Lisa said, they're not anything that you should be you should have on the device when you know when plugging it in or using it.
3: On the other hand, don't get so deeply into unpacking mode that you do something stupid. I did this the other week. I got a little device and there was a battery in it. I forget the name of the battery, but it's a flat kind of battery like you would see in the older flip phones. And it had this plastic around it. And there was a tab on the plastic, and I've seen these before. You just pull that off, and you you take that plastic off the battery. And I started to do it, and the plastic didn't really come off. And I thought, oh well. And I was more interested in hearing the device the and seeing how it worked. And well, I was trying to remove the whole right outer wrapper. Yeah. Yep. As it turns out, I should not have removed that tab. Now, and thankfully the times I would need to do this would be very rare. But if I have to remove the battery, I need to turn the thing and gently tap it until the battery decides it should pull out because I got rid of a tab that really should have stayed. So when in doubt, you know, play with it a little bit. See, ask family and friends for help. Use a service like Ira or Be My Eyes or just read the manual carefully. Now in this case, it wasn't mentioned in the manual. There was probably writing on the thing that said, do not remove this, but that is uh, gone now. So it's important to just kind of be cautious to it during the whole process. And we don't want to, we don't want anyone to be intimidated by the process, but sometimes by doing something with Eyes wide open, so to speak, you can save yourself a lot of aggravation.
2: And Lisa mentioned services like Be My Eyes and or Ira. You can also use services like Zoom if you have that. You can use FaceTime with your friends or family. You can use Skype. Basically, anything that you can Google Duo, right? Yeah. That has a camera and a video feed. You know, you can say because I did this with my mom. <laughs> And, uh, I said to her, I said, I need help with something. And so I f- video FaceTimed her and I, and I, um, just used the camera on the phone and she says, yeah, do this, 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 and this. So you don't necessarily have to use a service. You don't have to physically right. call a friend and have a friend come over. You can utilize the technology too.
1: So we know this has been one of our variety packed podcasts and we certainly hope you have enjoyed it. If you are interested or found the little segment about my book handy you may want to particularly make sure to stay tuned for our next podcast because there is a related topic coming up and it involves a segment in the mystic access castle we always love castle segments around here they're fun so definitely stay tuned either way we love having you as listeners and we appreciate you
0: joining us for this episode see you next time bye 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 The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash empower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. Our latest five episodes are also available via phone by calling 701-801-8527. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.